This is the Soul Power Podcast with your hosts, Angela Jordan and Cheryl Burt. Welcome to the Soul Power Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Jordan. And I'm your host, Cheryl Burke. Thanks for joining us. Today, we are going to be talking to Tiffany Harasanova. Did I pronounce that right, Tiffany? Yeah, it's Harasanova, like hair. Harasanova. Yeah. Oh, Harasanova. That's easy to remember. I've always been calling, I've always been saying Harasanova, which says harass. Who wants to say that? Say hair. (laughs) Harasanova. I like that. Tiffany's company is a luxurious mind and I've known Tiffany for a few years and she is on it. (laughs) The only way that I can describe Tiffany, man, when she sets her mind to something, she is going to do it. And we're really happy to have you here this morning, Tiffany. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Welcome. So in true Marvel fashion, because we are all superheroes and you're wearing your Batman shirt just to illustrate it, (laughs) already in superhero (laughs) mood before we even got on the call. (laughs) So we typically talk about origin stories, where you came from, how you got here, because you are a superhero. We want to know what is your origin story? Yes. So my professional background is in medical education and like hospital or um, for-profit situations. And I also have did product launch and project management stuff inside pharmaceutical companies. And so I've always had this corporate experience on various levels and I'm just one of those people that I was always uncomfortable. I was always uncomfortable with the Kool-Aid drinking. I was (laughs) uncomfortable with the VP doing a sermon that we have to listen to and we have to rah-rah behind. Like I am just not that person. And I wish I was. Like I wish I was that person that could go into a corporation, put my mind at on just climbing that corporate ladder because I could do it. Like, I know I could do it. Like, if that was a thing for me, like, I know I could do it. And I was just not that person. And so I was always thinking about, like, what could I start on the side or what could I do? And I'm just, I'm going to tell you that I'm I'm definitely, I meet the definition of being a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And that's really why I came up with the name of my website, because I couldn't, I didn't want to be just one thing you know, one day I may need to rebrand to my name. I recognize that, but, you know, right. But that's why I came up with that was because I I'm just going to do many different things. And so in 2015, I started on the side, I started a flipping business. So I was flipping things on eBay, Poshmark, um, Etsy, and I loved it. I loved it, loved it loved it. I loved going to estate sales and buying things and flipping it to see how much I could get. And my, I just want to plug that my best flip was I bought a bracelet for under a dollar and I sold it for $1,200 on eBay. It was like, awesome. I know. I know that's an eye right there. That's what that is. I know. So you're like always primed to like, go look for the thing that's going to be this 
you know, it's just this, it, and I, I've told my husband that when I retire, I will probably go back to flipping because it was so much fun. But what I, I learned a lot from that experience, you know, I learned about customer service. I learned about shipping. I learned about, I mean, I can ship anything at this point. I, you know, went through all those trials and tribulations. I understand what it's like to run a product-based business. Um, and so I learned a lot from that. But what I started to figure out with the the flipping business was that while I enjoyed it, in order for it to make a lot of money so that I could quit my job, it was going to end up being this grind, this hamster wheel that I just didn't want to be on. Because yeah. And the other thing is you have to have a lot of things in your house. You have your inventory in your house, and then you have your shipping supplies in the house and like all the things. And you're constantly running out to the post office. So <laughs> anyway, so then I decided to really shift things. And I... I did get a coaching certification because I explored the idea of doing coaching. And then I discovered human design. And so while I'm doing this flipping business, though, I, I didn't shut it down until 2020. I am doing my coaching program. I'm training, getting trained on human design. And I, and then the pandemic hits. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay there's no estate sales to go to this is kind of the universe telling me maybe it's time to shut the store. <laughs> I shut down my Etsy shop. I shut down my eBay store and just started focusing primarily on, um, human design. And so since about 2020 or so I've been doing human design when I discovered human design and the woman who trained me on human design, I was also able to get linked up with her because she has her own website. She's known as an expert in the world, all over the world. And so I became a recommended reader for her. And I started getting my clients mostly through her site. So that's been a really cool relationship to have. So I've been doing the human design readings since around 2020. And one of the things I will say is that for me, like like I said earlier, I'm just this multi-passionate entrepreneur. My business is always going to evolve. It is never, I'm never going to just be a coach or I'm going to be a human design reader or I'm going to be a planner creator because I love to pr- create planners and I have been creating digital planners specifically, but I'm going to start moving to print. So for me, I'm always going to be evolving and that's really important to me because I want to build a business that's really exciting to me that allows me to that changes with me as I, you know, shift into interests over time. And some of the things, like I said, coming in my future are creating more print planners. I'd like to get into that business and figure that out. I'd really, I'm in the currently creating a, a human design course and I have some other ideas for courses that I want to create. And so I'm just excited about the future and I'm really I'm excited about being surprised about where things go next for me, honestly, mm. because I'm just really open to that. I'm open to that in in many ways. And so I'm loving the human design. I'm loving what I'm doing right now. But again, I think it, it may evolve over time for me. So that isn't laser focused, say on travel coaching or coaching and whatever. Like mm-hmm. I've heard that it takes longer to see mm-hmm. success or it takes longer to build an audience because you're not niching in. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one thing. So Makes I don't sense. know. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that as well. Um, but I've also seen people do it really well. 
in a broader context. So I think it just depends on the person and what they're offering and how they're connecting with their people. Yeah. I've tried to level set my expectations, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm doing it this way. And so, you know, I'm going to enjoy the journey. And I'll be honest, I, I did not get to a place where I'm enjoying this journey until literally like three months ago. I kind of had this, I don't know if you call it aha moment or Tiffany had an epiphany moment. But <laughs> I, Tiffany had an epiphany. I love, I love that. that. <laughs> I, I was not enjoying the journey until a few months ago. And then something just kind of clicked inside of me. I am now enjoying the journey. Awesome. That's fantastic. Awesome. Tiffany, as you were mentioning how you got here, you talked about human design and I know like this much about it, but <laughs> I would love to know more. What is it? What is it? So human, this is where we get a little woo. Um, That's all right. We're here for the woo. Yeah, we're here for the woo. We've done. Angela woo. told me we could go that this little bit of woo would be okay. I'm really yeah. into woo just in general. So I'm into all things woo, but Human design is a system that was discovered, and I'm saying that in quotations, these are 80s or 90s, I forget, but basically it's astrology adjacent. And so the woo part comes in is that some dude downloaded this idea for the system that essentially tells you what your energy type is, how you're supposed to use your energy in the world. And it's a little woo because A, this guy downloaded it, but B, you're using your birth date, your birth time, your birth location to put into a calculator to then generate a, what we call a body graph chart. And this body graph chart tells you your energy type and all kinds of other things. And so I've always been this person who loves personality types like Myers-Briggs. I'm an INTJ in Myers-Briggs and I have used Myers-Briggs my whole life to understand people in my life. So when I discovered her human design and I learned about it and then I put in my birth details and I got my energy type. I was so blown away and felt so seen just by what I saw on the internet that I'm like, I have to like discover this more. Like I have to learn more about this and like see what's what's going on here. But what I would just say, there's two main things about human design and what it tells you. So the first is how do you, how are you designed to use your energy as you move through the world so that it sounds cliche, but so that you experience flow, you don't feel resistance, things don't feel stuck. Um, and so that you essentially attract what is meant for you or what you want in your life. Okay. But the second part, and I was actually, it's so funny because people are talking about this out there in the world, but I just listened to a podcast this morning where this woman, the woman who, um, the documentary bad vegan was being interviewed <laughs> And she was talking about how she had to really learn how to listen to her intuition because her mind would want to override her intuition, right? Mm -hmm. So what human design is basically saying is you, there is a way that your intuition speaks to you and human design tells you how to, the mechanism or the lever through which your, your intuition speaks. So from a human design perspective, for example, not everybody has a gut response, but everybody has an intuition and it comes through in different ways. And so it's really about teaching us how to really tune in to what our body is telling us is the right mm -hmm. thing to do and 
not allowing the mind to override that logic to override that because the idea is that the mind is really here to express itself its creative genius in the work that we do in the careers that we have so that's really what human design is about in a nutshell but then also there's also all kinds of fun stuff in human design there's clues about your purpose in life there are um, you have ideal digestion, ideal environment, like what I, what's your ideal environment that you should be in? What's your strongest sense? Um, are we designed to thrive with a lot of structure or are you somebody who's designed to thrive with less structure? Um, are you designed to be consistent? Are you designed to be a little more inconsistent? And so it gets into those things. And so it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating. And I will say I, I'm, I'm a skeptic at heart. I really am. And when I'm in my readings, I'm just, I always say like, okay, let's just assume this is true. Like, because I don't think it's a perfect system. Like I think nothing mm -hmm. is perfect, but I will say it has been, it's a tool to really help us understand ourselves, but also validate things about us that we knew were true, that maybe we've been telling ourselves we have to do things a different way mm -hmm. because the world says all the business acumen out there says you have to be consistent to be successful, but I'm, I'm here to say that that's not true. And I know that goes against even speakers you've had on your podcast before, because I've listened <laughs> to your podcast. So I, I'm here to say that that's not true. You don't have to be consistent. You don't have to get up at the same time every single day, do the same thing every single day to, to be successful, that it can look differently for you, the, how mm -hmm. you get there, your success can be in alignment with you. And it might look like it might look different than other people. Right. And so that chart gives us clues on what that might look like. And so I hear from my readings that I do, people are just like, I, they're like, oh, there's just a sigh of relief. And they're like, okay, I, I can let go of trying to be X, or I can let go of trying to be, do it like this other person. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I will say in my personal journey, and I don't know if other entrepreneurs, I think you guys talked about this before on another podcast, I got really wrapped up into doing different training programs, like Marie Forleo and mm -hmm. meet Sethi and all these successful people. I'm taking their courses. I'm taking their classes. And I've also encountered a lot of coaches along the way th that were coming through those channels. And I had to pull away from all of it and come back to me and say, mm -hmm. and listen to me and say, does that resonate with me? This person saying, I had this one coach tell me it was like a free session. I had her tell me, you need to create this coaching, human design coaching package that has like 10 sessions. And in every session, you're going to deliver this one thing. And I sat down over a weekend and tried to do that. Like I tried to give birth to this thing that she was telling me I had to do to, in order to be successful. And I couldn't, like, I just couldn't. And I'm like, I'm sitting there beating my head against the wall. Yeah. And this is after I knew about human design. And I'm still trying to do it. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do this. I have to pull away and just start being with myself and understand what I want to do and own it. And just, even if it goes against what I'm hearing. And so mm -hmm. I have to check myself constantly to come back to, does this feel in alignment? Does having a YouTube channel feel in alignment? Does doing this video feel in alignment? Does working on this, I like to create journals and and um, notebooks on Amazon. Does, does creating this feel in alignment for me? So it's really about coming back to the self and human design is the tool that can really kind of help us 
have a strike put I guess put maybe a structure in place so that you know what you're looking for what you're listening to like what are the practical tips I can have for listening to my own intuition and really tuning in so anyway that's probably no that's great I think that's great I really do and I think that you're right. We say all the time, everybody's different. Everybody's here to do their own work. And what that means is everyone's probably going to do their work in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Not only is the work itself different, but the way they do it is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those folks who sell how to, they make their business on telling you how to make a business. They have to have a system to sell you. Right. So they're right. just giving you the same kind of advice that they took and has worked for them. Yeah. But your business is very different. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. I was going to ask why human design is important, but you know what? I think you've explained it (laughs) just really beautifully. Like it helps um, with your, understand your intuition. We have talked uh, quite a bit actually about intuition on this podcast. Yeah. Um, Last week's episode was all about intuition. Say that again. Last week's episode was all about intuition. The one that was published. Yeah. Yes. So um, yes, that is very much about the way that we lead our own businesses and how we mm-hmm. hope uh, others will lead theirs. Yeah. And you're right. There, there is a, there's a point where you're like, okay, I know more courses. I can't, mm-hmm. I you can't. You have to tune the, out the noise. Yeah, exactly. The voices noise. of other people yeah. on the mm-hmm. YouTube channel, whether it's free voices, free content, right. Or if something you paid for at a certain point, you have to tune it out and it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's really hard because you're having, it's, you know, I'm not a super religious person, but you, it's almost like you have to take this leap of faith in yourself and in, mm-hmm. and that is hard, yeah it especially is. when you're not successful yet, especially when you still have a corporate job on the side because you need health insurance, right? Mm-hmm. That leap of, it's so hard it, it sounds like it's easy. And this is what I say in the readings is, okay, I'm telling your strategy and authority. That's what we call how you make decisions and how you listen to your intuition, right? But it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. It's it's not easy because the mind keeps coming back and it will say, oh, but so-and-so said, if you don't do this, then you're not going to be <laughs> successful. Right. And if you do things this way, then you're not going to be successful. And so it's really kind of, it's almost like you have to develop that trust muscle within yourself. And it's not easy. It's so not easy. It's not. Um, And as we talked about in the episode about intuition, we have been trained, um, especially women, not to use our intuition Mm -hmm. um, over the years, especially in Western society. So many of us are not in tune with it and it takes a while that a lot of practice to really get back in tune with, with your intuition and your gut. And it is a thing for me that I have to, and I think I alluded to this earlier. I have to remind myself almost every day, at least a few times a week, because I'll find myself getting caught up in the way somebody else said something should happen or be done or whatever. So it's, it's almost like an unlearning. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It really is. is. Yeah. It's unlearning limitations and unlearning societal expectations and, you know, getting back in tune with, with who you are. Yeah. 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 
Makes those sense expectations are set up to serve somebody, but not necessarily yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I've learned for me that I'm not consistent, and it's in my chart as well. But I also get a lot of feedback. I have friends who will say, "How do you get all the things done? Like, how do you people people see me as somebody who like moves things forward? Mm-hmm. But I do it. I do do it in an inconsistent manner. I don't." it's I'm all over the place, but the stuff still happens. Right. And so, but I'm never going to be that person that wakes up every day at 6am to work out (laughs) to do the thing. Yeah. 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 And I'll bet you're not the only one in the audience. (laughs) I'll bet there are other people raising their hand. Yeah, me too. Not not the only one on the call, you know, just (laughs) just saying, (laughs) just saying, (laughs) Yeah. I don't like to get up at six. Okay. So I want to back up a little bit because I love that you just said corporate job on the side. Yeah. (laughs) This is your main gig. The corporate job is on the side. It's a side hustle now. I love that. (laughs) Oh yeah, it is. So I think I did not articulate that in my origin story or make that clear, but I still have a corporate job and um, I did take, so I was working for one pharmaceutical company here in Indianapolis and I quit in 2021 to, I, what I did is I, I going into that, leaving that job, I saved up an FU fund and (laughs) I love it by myself several (laughs) months to kind of figure out, because at that point, right, the pandemic had happened. I had shut down my eBay business. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do this human design thing. I was having great success, like success with that. And I was, lo- I'm loving it, right? That Which is even more important. And, but I'm like, okay, what, I want to do this planner thing. Like, what can I do? So I quit in September, 2021, after I saved up enough money to give myself several months and really took some time to, I did a wall exercise. I got these big post-it notes, you know, that you put on the wall and yeah. you, on one side I had, okay, where do I want to be in like five or 10 years? I forget what the exact date. And then, and I backed it up all the way and I just worked backwards. I just reverse mm-hmm. engineered, like, how do I get there? And that process really helped me understand what I did want in a mm-hmm. business and what I didn't want in a business you know, I want my business to be sabbatical based. I want to be able to take a month off and not have to worry about anything. Right. I realized that I did not want, while I love planners and I want to create planners, I don't want to be an Aaron Condren. I don't want to have a corporate office with that. I'm the CEO of, and I've got warehouses and manufacturing plants everywhere. Like that to me is feels too confining. I want to be able to live wherever, wherever Mm -hmm. I want to live. So I learned a lot in that process. And so then I started implementing on that exercise and that helped me get a lot of clarity. It was so good. It felt so good. I can't even tell you. It was just coming back to just brass tacks and where do I want to be and how do I get there? And then a few months went by and I was executing on that, but then, you know, the need for health insurance comes up. And so I, I knew I could get it. This sounds arrogant, but I'm just telling you, I have a lot of letters behind my name. (laughs) it's not arrogant you weren't because I tend to be pretty motivated and I tend to be a self-starter and I knew I could get a job really quick so when I put the intention to get another job I 
my criteria was it has to be work from home because I have to be able to, I don't know, on my lunch break or, you know, <laughs> whenever I can work on my business a little bit. But yeah. also I didn't want to have the commute time, spending time in the car, you know, two hours or an hour, or whatever it is. You know, I want to be done with work. I can shut everything down and then I can start working on my business. So it had to be remote and it also had to be, it had to be worth, it had to be worth my time and energy. So it had to pay really well. So mm -hmm. now I'm working for a different pharmaceutical company uh, out of Philadelphia, but it's um, remote. And so, yes, I don't love that job. I'm not going to lie. I don't love it. Um, but it's meeting the need. And I also, which I know we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, and I don't know if this is a segue for that, but I also did hire a, a marketing virtual assistant full-time back in 2021 because I really wanted to take my business to the next level. And I knew that it might be a while before I could shed the corporate job. And I want somebody working on my stuff when I'm not able to. Mm -hmm. So that also is something that I, that I did do. And I can talk more about that if you want me to. Yeah. What a great yeah, segue. I think that's an excellent segue. Um, yes, we've talked, we've touched a little bit on virtual assistants here and there on the podcast, but I think that you've got a great perspective. So I ended up meeting a woman who had hired a virtual assistant from the Philippines. So you're getting an assistant that helps you with things and they're working on a different time zone than you. So they're 12 hours forward. So while I'm sleeping, she's working and like vice versa. And so I went through a course, actually talking about courses, I went through a course under wanting to understand how do you hire a, a personal assistant or a virtual assistant from the Philippines? Um, what's that process look like? What are their cultural considerations? You know, how do we respect their culture, things like that. And so I ended up hiring a virtual assistant from the Philippines and she's, I would call her a marketing virtual assistant because she's really helping me with a lot of marketing things. And so she costs um, to start, it's $400 a month. And this is just all the advice that I got, right? And I'm happy if there's anybody out there that like wants to know how to do this, I'm an open book, just like reach out to me, I'll help you through this process. And so she's available to me full-time. We have a really great working relationship. We've been working together for a couple of years. Um, but basically the things that she will help me with are, I'll just give you some examples um, because I think sometimes people are thinking, well, what, what do I give? What do mm -hmm. I give this person? Like, what do I take off my plate? But wait, well, one other thing I want to say before I go into that, if that's okay, is when I went into that decision, it was very calculated and it was very strategic. I wasn't willy nilly like, I'm just going to get hire a virtual assistant. It was, I'm going to save enough money to be able to pay her for one year because I, A, I'm, I'm dealing with another person's life and livelihood. I'm going to at least guarantee that I can pay this person for one year. Mm -hmm. And so they're with me one year that gives me a chance to get us to get to know each other, how our working styles, all of that thing, all of those things. Um, and so, and it gives me a sense to know if this is something that's right for me. And so I saved up that amount of money and it was like, it was around $5,200. So I just had that in my savings account. I have never had to tap into that money. 
but that's just what I needed to have there mm-hmm. at the back of my mind to ensure I, if I'm committing to her and she's committing to me, then I'm, we're in it for a year. I didn't say that to her, mm-hmm. but I knew at the back of my mind, you know, I've got her for the, the, if this works out, you know, I've got enough to pay her for a year. So things that she does for me, she um will edit videos. And mm. so I do have, do do videos to support some of the blog posts that I do add background music. So video editing, I will have her, I do have a pretty active Pinterest board. That's how I do most of my marketing. So she helps me create pins. She schedules pins and tailwind for me. I have her, I will type out my blog posts on Google docs and she will just set them up for me. She will source images for me. She will set up the blog posts for me. She will do the SEO. I've trained her on how to do the SEO for my blog posts. And now, mind you, this has been over the course of, she's been with me now for what, almost three years or two and a half years or something. So this has been a process between us where she gradually takes on more tasks. Um, I have her do market research research market research for me. So for example, when I was creating digital planners, I just, I sent her out to the internets and said, Hey, can you pull me? (laughs) I just want to know what people are saying about digital planners. What do they like about them? What do they hate about them? You know, I've had her do searches on Amazon for me of feedback left on certain types of products, things like that. I will have her go through my website to make sure nothing's broken. Links aren't broken. Blog posts look good. Nothing looks crazy. I've had her do chat GPT research for me. So (laughs) if there's something, a topic I'm really wanting to delve into, I'll just set her up with a Google doc and and give her the search terms. And then she like, will pull it all together for me. So that's been really great. Um, I do, I think I mentioned earlier, I like to create low content um, notebooks for Amazon on KDP. So she will help me with book covers. She will help me create the inserts for that. She helps me create my freebies. I've had her help me organize my Google Drive. So there's just like a whole host of things Mm -hmm. that they can help with. And this is just like half my list, you know, (laughs) of of things. I'm looking at my list right now, but those are the kinds of things that I really have her help me with. And I will say, the other thing I will say about having a marketing virtual assistant, it forces me to have to prioritize, A, making sure she has something to do right? But by doing that, it makes me prioritize my own marketing. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that happens with me is I can get so sucked into just creation. I'm going to create this blog post, or I'm going to create this notebook, or I'm going to create this or that. And I always, that's what I'd rather be doing instead of doing the marketing and the sales and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And she forces me or puts me in a situation, having that relationship really makes it so that I have to focus on marketing as well. It pulls me into having to do that. So that's one of the things I would say that's been an upside is it keeps me on my toes for sure. And it really is a commitment. I will say that. So we've talked a little bit about um, virtual assistants in the past, and we have colleagues who have had virtual assistants or think they need virtual assistants and really they just need processes So how did you know, how did you realize, okay, you know what, it's time for me to hire a virtual assistant? For me, it was more, I'm dead serious about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. 
And I need to grow into managing a business. If and I, I'm mm-hmm. making a face because <laughs> I'm trying to think is that if that's the right word, but it wasn't that I was so overwhelmed that I felt like I needed a virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. It was more like I want to expand. I want to do more. There's only only so many hours in a day. Mm-hmm. I have a at the time when I hired her, I did have my full time job, but I, I'm not one of those people that believes you should burn the midnight oil unless there's a, a good reason to. I am in bed every day at eight p.m. Period. Like cats and the husband watching TV. Okay, <laughs> so that's my how I do my self care. And so for me, it, it just felt like having an extra hand that was affordable and I could afford it. You know, I was, you can even maybe say privileged to be able to afford it and to start um, seeing what somebody else could help me with and starting taking things off my plate. And it's been, it's been a, a very good learning experience because like my journey with my own virtual assistant is first of all, English is her second language, right? So there are things that I have to do that she cannot do. So for example, Mm -hmm. with video editing, or even like with text, she is going to not catch things that I'm going to catch misspellings or grammatical things, or maybe using the wrong word. So there are limitations in going this route, but she also has brought a lot of, she'll create something. I'm like, this is the coolest thing. It's not <laughs> what I asked you to do. That That's the other thing that happens. Provide instructions. This is what I get. Well, this is what I mean when I say a lot of times when you're working with a virtual assistant, it's more about you. Are you communicating clearly? Then are they really getting it? I mean, mm-hmm. it can't be that, right? But a lot of the times, if something's not coming out the way I want to come out, I really have to self-reflect and say, okay, Tiffany, what are you not communicating here? Do you need to do like a... I'll do like a screen record and show her, you know, exactly what I want her to do. But there's times when I'll tell her to do something and she did something recently. I was having her create a slide deck for me and she did completely like not even what I asked, but it was so (laughs) cool. I'm like, we're saving this for the future. Like, like, this is not what I asked. Could you do this other thing? So, you know, so there are these like hiccups, but it was more about, I guess, getting back to your question. It was really that I wanted to do more and I needed another hand to do it. And I didn't Mm -hmm. want to sacrifice my own self-care time. And I'd heard good things because I knew these two women who both had virtual assistants from the Philippines. And it's been, I would say it's been a really good experience. It's not a perfect experience, mm-hmm. but it's been a really great experience. We, we have a, a colleague who had an assistant from the Philippines for a bit, Missy. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And um, he was fantastic, but she didn't have enough for him to do. So she ended up not, staying with him more than I think maybe six months but um would you say that's essential when you're hiring a virtual assistant knowing exactly what you're going to give to them I would yes I think it's really good to have a good idea of what you'd be willing to delegate and I think the thing is when you hire a virtual assistant I would especially if they're not English as their first language Mm -hmm allowing you have to allow them time so for example their internet is not as good as ours 
So what we can do in like two minutes might take them 15, 20 minutes because mm. their internet is slower. Things are loading, especially if they're dealing with videos or things like that. But yes, I would, cause I would also think about it as what are the things when you're coming up with a list of things that, okay, this is what I'm going to have the virtual assistant do. Understanding that you're probably going to have to teach them exactly how you want it mm -hmm. done. And the thing with individuals from the Philippines is there's, they have this, um, it's not like America. They have this hierarchy, like this respect mm -hmm. hierarchy. And so I would prefer her to just call me Tiffany and just we keep it that way, but it, she won't. It's boss. You're my boss. Like, you know, so they're, they're very respectful. They're very, they tend to be very, um, they want to please you. They want to do it right. And they tend to be really open to feedback. So if you can go back and just say, okay, I didn't mean this. I meant that. And eventually mm -hmm. over time, they get to understand your, um, your style. So if you're going into hiring a virtual assistant, I say definitely know the tasks, but also have a plan for, how are you sharing those tasks with mm -hmm. them? So what's your tech stack, I guess? So I use Trello. I would love to, I have an awesome Trello. I'm just going to tell you. My <laughs> Trello board is awesome, but that's how we keep organized. I'm going to have to do a video about it at some point. But also, and then we use Google Drive to share documents. And so how are you sharing information with them? How are you getting files to them? How are you communicating with them? So for example, we do connect on WhatsApp, but most of the time I just send her tasks an email. Hey, these are the tasks for the week. She lets me, this is the other thing. They're like, and I've, I've heard this from more than one person. This is not just my experience. They're very honest. She will come to me two days like on Tuesday or Wednesday of the week. And she'll say, I don't, I've gotten through all my tasks. I need more. Like they're not, they don't monkey around really. They really yeah. don't. Um, they're, they really want to please you. They want, especially if you're good to them, they really want to um, make sure they're doing things exactly as you expect. And they tend to be kind of shy, especially in the beginning. They won't usually give you feedback unless you ask. So for example, you know, sometimes I'm creating this, course site right now. And so I pulled my assistant, her name is Marie. I pulled her in and I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this? And so they don't generally give you that stuff unless you ask, because mm -hmm. they're not going to step on your toes. I will say you can also hire a personal or a virtual assistant part-time and it's half that amount is what I was told. That's how I was, how I learned. So it'd be $200 a month and you would, you know, expect they'd be doing 20 hours a week, but I wanted the full time because I see it as having somebody on retainer. Mm -hmm. If that even makes any, she has stuff yeah. to do every week and there might be weeks where she's working 40 hours. And then there might be weeks when she's working like 30 hours, but if she's working 30 hours, it's my fault because I don't have enough for her. Mm -hmm. And I like having somebody dedicated. If you're hiring somebody part-time, then you can probably assume that they're doing other work for somebody else too, to make ends meet. And so yeah. You know, sometimes that can be a thing. Anyway, I'm I'm probably going down a rabbit hole. Sorry. No, but. you're fine. I I what I picked up on in what you just said was that they're very honest mm -hmm. and very um forthcoming. Like there's there's no messing around. It's just hey, I'm I got this work done. I need you know more for the rest of the week. Um and. Cheryl, that sounds right up your alley. You uh, are a big fan of honesty. <laughs> I am. I've left jobs over it. 
we'll get into that in another episode. But yeah, <laughs> that's one of my core values is honesty. <laughs> and I, I do appreciate when people just tell you what what needs to be said. Yeah. Regardless of, you know, you can you can be kind about how you say things, but it's important to actually say the things. Yeah. So I just I guess one more thing is if somebody is setting up those tasks and they understand how are they going to communicate with the VA, then how are they going to organize things? The other thing would be you might even want to write out start writing out things. So like for example in your business, let's say you write blog posts. Write out your exact process and have those processes already written out before you hire a virtual assistant mm-hmm. so you can tell them exactly what to do. I mean, down to the nitty gritty. So I set up a new post, you know, I put the image in, this is how I do it, you know. So having starting to write out the tasks that you would want them to do and then also the instructions of how they would do it would be super helpful because then mm-hmm. you're already building essentially like a processes some structure that they can really rely on. Yeah. I mean, you will get a virtual assistant who already knows how to do WordPress, but in case you don't, you know, or, or whatever website, you know, you're using. So. And they specialize in different areas or they typically all kind of generalists who know how to do just about everything. When I was doing my interviews at the price point that I was hiring at, because you can pay more for more expertise. I would say you're probably getting somebody who's a little more, you could be getting somebody who's a little more green. They they may or may not have had experiences. However, part of the interview process is I did have them actually do a video. So I gave them a raw video, said edit this video so that they could demonstrate that they had those skills. Um, but I did interview this one girl I interviewed, I almost hired her, but she was so, I almost didn't believe her. The problem was she was almost unbelievable. Her English was almost, was very fluent and you would think, oh, well, you want somebody whose English is perfect. She didn't even sound like she was from the Philippines (laughs) and she was, but she was dialing in from a coffee location which which is fine but she was she seems she almost seems so confident and so experienced that I'm like there's there's a catch here like there's got <laughs> some catch so anyway that might not have been a fair assessment on my part so I went with my gut you know for lack of a better word I just went with this other person because there was something about her that I was just like I don't know like she's gonna get bored quick she's not in for the long haul like I didn't I couldn't put my finger on but she seemed to have a lot more experience than the, the virtual assistant I ended mm-hmm. up hiring and I know that sounds counterintuitive but I just had a better feeling about mm-hmm. about Marie than I had about this other girl. So yeah. all that to say is that I think you could find somebody with more experience, but you know, there's a vetting process for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not just about finding a warm body to complete these tasks. It's about finding someone whose personality resonates with yours and you feel like, okay, yeah, I I think this this person is the best person for me, you know, the best virtual assistant for me. So it is more, more than just the tasks. It is personality as well. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So Tiffany, is there something that you might like to offer to our listeners? Something that would uh, 
prompt them to communicate with you? Yes. So what I've done is I've created a coupon code for any of your listeners. If they would like to have a human design reading, any of my human design um, offerings. And so that code is soul power, all caps. And so if you put that in there, when you sign up, you will get 20% off a human design reading. Awesome. Thank you. We'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. And that is soul power, S-O-L-E power. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for um, mentioning our show in the actual coupon code. Thank you. I love it when people do that. Uh, So we'll make sure it's in the show notes for everyone. Um, I definitely need to schedule an appointment with you. I've actually had a human design reading in the past, but I don't remember much about it. So I would love to do it, especially with the um, consistency, inconsistency thing that you mentioned. I feel like I might have some inconsistency. Um, So it'd be nice to know, okay, that's all right. You don't have to be, you know, eight to five every single, it doesn't have to look like, um, you know, this routine or structure, you can make it however you want. So I'll be really intrigued to hear what my human design information is. Yeah. Well, I, I, my readings, I got to tell you, I'll just tell you up front, they're super in depth. And in fact, I worry that it's too much, but I seem to attract the people who want all of Mm -hmm. it. And so they're 90 minutes. Sometimes we go over, often we go over the 90 minute, unfortunately or unfortunately, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, I get into all the things I do the whole chart. I get into, I get into all the things I, it's (laughs) not, it's a deep dive into your chart. It's not this superficial, uh, explanation for sure. So cool. Well, I'll be signing up. I'll be going to your website to sign up for sure. And I do have an FAQ on my site that show kind of walks through exactly what I go through. So oh, great. what you can expect in a session. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll be sure that everything is in the show notes for Thanks. our listeners. And so what is the best way for people to reach you? Oh, yeah. I would say they can contact me through my website is very easy. It's a luxurious mind at gmail.com is how they can contact me. And honestly, I can be found on social channels. So I am on Instagram as a luxurious mind. I'm also on Instagram as myself, Tiffany Harrisonova. I'm on Facebook as Tiffany Harrisonova. I am on Pinterest as a luxurious mind. If you want to follow my boards there, if you want to see more about human design and all the other weird woo woo things I'm into. Yeah, I would say that's where you can find me. All right. So awesome. no lack of options. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm kind of all over the place. I'm not. Yeah, well, I, you'll just find people where they are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we really appreciate you being here with us this morning, Tiffany. This has been a really good episode. I'm mm-hmm. very much interested in the human design stuff and interested in the, in the virtual assistant thing. I, it's something that I've been toying with for, probably two or three years now. So um, it's good to know what options are and um, what kind of tasks I could potentially, you know, refer to a virtual assistant. Um, But thank you so much for being here with us this morning. We appreciate you coming. 
All right. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. This has been the Soul Power Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Jordan. And I'm your host, Cheryl Burke. Have a good day. You've been listening to the Soul Power Podcast with Angela Jordan and Cheryl Burke. Soul Power theme song composed by Gabriel Harley.